Open Talks to begin this episode one of our news editors, Cameron Cannon, um, chatting to us about recently moderating the um, debate with the uh, candidates for the AMSU elections. Hi, Can- Cameron. How are you doing? Hi, I'm great, thanks. Very happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, finally. We, we, we're excited to have more, more staff on the show talking about what they're, what they're going, what's going on. So, yeah. so, Cam, you moderated the um, executive panel, hey? Yeah, well, we, we actually did two forums. One's a little bit shorter, um, but we, we did one for the executives. So mm-hmm. every executive who is contesting a position Mm-hmm. As well as with the two candidates for the international community representative position. Okay, well, awesome. So were those were are those the only uh, community rep positions being run for in this election? Just the international student reps? Yeah. So the the way it, it looks right now is there there are two candidates for the international students rep. And then there's one candidate for the women's representative. And then all the other community representative positions are, you know, there, there's no one running for them. <laughs> they can, okay, cool. That makes sense. And then for the executives, I believe they, there's a few who are uncontested. Yeah, so the uncontested positions right now would be um, the vice president of advocacy, mm-hmm. um, Emily Kahlo, mm-hmm. as well as... I believe the vice president of community engagement as well. Yes. Yeah, Tino Dogo is running yeah. unopposed. Yeah, yeah, running unopposed. And would you, and this this is again um, sort of even an opinion-based thing based on your interaction whilst moderating. Would you say that's mainly due to it being online? Like, how was the, how was the engagement during the moderation, of, uh, during, during the panels? So, like, the way that we did the panels this year um, is that we, we just pre-recorded them, so they... Yeah. Um, you know, for our conversation right now, uh, none of them have aired yet. Oh, okay. um, so there, there wasn't really much in the way of student engagement with the forums themselves. Mm, um, that's, in, that's, that's interesting. That's an interesting difference between how the panels usually run, where there's, there's space for, you know, questions from the audience, right, to have them pre-recorded in this way. Um, tell me a bit about how that, that worked. Like, did you, did you get questions beforehand or... Yeah, so what what happened was I basically w- was asked to be the moderator for this, and I I had to come up with the questions to ask, find ones that, you know, um, I, I had to figure out what exactly it is about these candidates that, one, students want to know about, mm-hmm. and two, that the, the candidates don't already basically agree on. Mm-hmm. It, it was really difficult without having an audience and without being able to be on campus to kind of figure out, you know, what people care about right now. And yeah. <laughs> I guess that just comes with, with COVID, but. Probably. Um, was there, was there an attempt made to kind of get that information as to what do people care about? Cause I feel that it's pretty hard right now to, to speak to students as a whole, because like you're pretty much confined to who you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think with anything, um, sort of at, at the school where we're trying to figure out, you know, what the student body wants, it, mm-hmm. it is really hard to kind of drop those those blinders that you have where you're like, okay, yeah, these are the people I know, this is what they care about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and normally, you know, in a normal year, we'd be able to go out on campus, see what student groups are doing, see what kind of activism is happening, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, just straight up talk to people. But mm-hmm. this year, you know, I, I'm working from a laptop. So <laughs> yeah. what, what, what I ended up doing was actually spending a lot of time on the RU Manitoba Reddit, going through mm-hmm. the UMSU socials, mm-hmm. um, and also just following, you know, the stories that I'd been following um, all year. So, because, you know, we, this is a year where UMSU has introduced a lot of changes, mm-hmm. where they're, they're angling to, you know, leave the Canadian Federation of Students. Mm. So that, that's going to be a, a hot topic to talk about, because maybe candidates want to reverse course on that. Mm. Do, uh, you, but, do you, you have some information just in terms of context for those who might not know what the Canadian Federation of Students is? Do you have some context there for them? Yeah, so the Canadian Federation of Students is kind of a formal advocacy group. Um, mm-hmm. It exists both on the federal and provincial level. So um, UMSU is is a member of both both of them. I, I don't think you can be a member of only one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they've been a member uh, of this organization, which, which also does things like um, providing certain services to students. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they provide us with the the day book or the day planners that we get mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Uh, but UMSU has been uh, a member of this organization since I, I think it is, it's like the mid 2000s. Oh, okay. and, and for like the last decade, there, there's just been a lot of drama around UMSU trying to leave and trying to navigate all of the CFS's um, processes that you have to go through to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm, and I'm guessing that's, that's one of the aspects that I touched on during this during during the uh, the discussions you had with candidates then eh? yeah yeah I, I asked them about that um, mm-hmm. it, in general it, it seemed like all of the candidates were pretty pretty on board with um, the direction that UMSU is going right now which, which is basically leave the CFS and join another federal advocacy group such as um, CASA, which I, I believe is the Canadian Alliance of Students Associations. Okay, okay. That makes I I found your answer really interesting when you say that you relied a lot on Reddit and, you know, going through the comments on, on what's happening. It seems this election is very much a social media campaign. It's been, it seems it's very much dependent on social media. If even in order for us to hear what the candidates have to say, we need to go on social media and we need to look at that. Do you feel like that's impacted the students' ability to clearly know what they're voting for, right? Because like we said before, like before, like if I had a question about, you know, what's happening with our candidates, I just wait for the, you know, forum in like engineering, just ask them like, hey, like what's actually going on here? But right now it just seems like unless I directly follow them and can somehow get in touch with these candidates personally, I will never, I, I don't have that information. Do you feel like there's been an impact with that from kind of your discussions and your experience with that? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely been an impact and we have yet to see um, mm-hmm. sort of what, what the impact would be from the results of the election. Mm-hmm. But like, I think the thing to keep in mind here is that UMSU traditionally does have very low engagement. Um, okay. with voter turnout being something like 10%. Um, oh, yeah. And it, like, with, with only being on social media, I, I think 
the spread of information definitely is going to be impacted because you, you know like I, I'm a professional journalist I, I focus on UMSU and even sometimes there there's stuff that they post on their social media that I don't get until days after um, mm -hmm. regardless of the fact that I already follow them and that kind of thing mm -hmm. so it, it's something you do for for work this is your job like you have to know this so let alone someone who like just follows it just on a whim you know it's just just now and again right so so just just focus on that if, if you only get information like sometimes a day or two later what what's so the regular student you know that generally low engagement right but but go on yeah you know like I, i'm getting paid to be informed about that so, <laughs> so I, i'm informed about it generally um but like i, I have heard from a, a lot of students that i interact with uh, through mm -hmm. social media just that like even outside of elections, it's kind of hard to know what's what exactly is going on. It's hard to stay engaged, and like when it comes to an election, you you have this sort of I I don't know this sort of imbalance between who's able to campaign well and who's not. Mm. You know, say like you're you're an international student, you've come here. Most of your followers, most of your social network is is going to be back home. So if if you're relying on your social media to do all of your outreach and all of your campaigning, mm -hmm. how how do you know that you're going to be reaching people that are members of UMSU, let alone, like, how, how will you know you'll reach that 10% of people who actually vote in these elections? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And which also, which kind of then, that sounds also like it then gives the incumbents um, a bo an advantage, right? Because, like, when it comes to voting, if, if you already don't know you're reaching that 10 percent is most likely just going to vote for that for who they already know right because it doesn't make it, it just logically thinking about it right if only 10 10 or 10 20 percent whatever that below half <laughs> whatever half is going to vote and they quote and they're like who is this person i i like they're just gonna vote for who they know right like if not it might not even because they agree with the policy it might be better the devil i know right than mm -hmm. than the age of I don't and that's something that's that's kind of been on my mind recently with with the campaigns I think I wrote in my editorial actually about this that just being so detached from the student body and lying on social media just is it's not enough right it's, it's, it's it doesn't seem like it's enough right and it's it also I don't know what your take on this but it seems like it monopolizes information right absolutely you know yeah monopolizing information so an instance would be if i asked the candidate a question it's in their dms right if it is a critical question and i ask them it's in their dms no one else is going to read that right whereas like when they're on the floor if i ask them like in uc for a question someone's going to pass by and hear this question or hear the explanation right so like, it's, i feel like it's also creating these little divisions where information is not moving freely to make us informed voters, you know? Exactly. And, you know, like, pe people talk about this all the time um, with social media, you know, how you're able to perfectly curate a very specific image and present yourself in a very specific way. You're able mm -hmm. to, you know, on some platforms, you're able to hide comments. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and then, like, what engagement, like, what personal engagement happens is 100% just between you and whoever you're engaging with um, through, you know, direct messaging and that kind of thing. 
And yeah. I, I think that's definitely a problem here. Yeah. I think ways you you think uh, the student body can be more informed about the candidates? Honestly, like, not not to plug the Manitoban on its own podcast here, right. <laughs> um, but um, student newspapers are definitely a really good resource, but I also think that there needs to be more of a, a way to equalize who's able to make use of social media adequately in a campaign, and what that might look like would actually be, you know, designating a certain amount of funds per slate or per candidate to engage in targeted advertising through their social mm. media channels mm. um, so that it's not just like a straight up contest between who has the most followers who has the most reach mm. mm-hmm. who's, more, who's more popular right because yeah. you'll have a you'll have a new a new candidate running with like 500 followers versus a previous um to rep who's got thousands because I, their face is all over the place for a year right uh, that just does, that unbalances the scales for sure. Did you have anything you wanted to touch on so far from your experience reporting on AMSU, um, reporting on the campaigns? What, what any insights you've heard or, or seen so far that you that you feel are important to share? Yeah. So my my main takeaway from from this has really just been, um, and, and you know, this is informed by a, a lot of my my experience reporting on AMSU uh, mm-hmm. normally, um, but. But it, it seems there's this really strange uh, approach to politics among students where mm-hmm. you approach it in a you approach things like advocacy, like opposing tuition increases, like opposing Bill 33, um, not by actually taking strong stances and holding politics, like actually doing politics. <laughs> um, you you end up kind of just like having meetings and like trying to get people that are in power to tweak things. Mm. And, you know, like I, I study political economy and I, I just know that that's not really how change actually happens, mm. but th- this is like a universal position. And it, it's, mm. it goes into um, like why part of why this, the part of why UMSU wants to leave the CFS is because mm. they view the CFS as being overly antagonistic. You know, where with, with like measures like Bill 33 or the incoming changes to um, performance-based funding for, for post-secondary education, mm-hmm. UMSU's stance has pretty universally been, we're not going to oppose this, we're going to be nice, we're, we're going to play nice with the powers that be, and we're going to try to get a seat at the table mm-hmm. to see if they'll let us somehow make things like performance-based um funding for, for education, um, work in some sort of, you know, like equity, diversity, inclusion, progressive way. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the, the fact is right now, we, we have a, a progressive conservative majority government. Mm-hmm. They're going to do whatever they want. We need to find ways to disrupt <laughs> what they're doing. We, we can't just ask nicely for them to not destroy post-secondary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't, can't, we got to ask... It's it's kind of like banging on castle walls, right? Yeah, for sure. Cool, Cam. Thanks, thanks, thanks so much for 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 your take on this. I think I think next we're gonna we're gonna hear from from Sarah. Sarah has uh, been doing some research into student engagement and uh, what professors feel about online learning. 
I think this segues really well with this because of the extent to online um, activity that we are in right now. So I, I believe one of this is uh, on a segue. I believe one of the candidates actually showed up in a class, a virtual Zoom class, to try speak. All right, and I'm like, man, this is this is what what is this, right? Is this what we is this our version of a talk now? <laughs> right. So it's kind of what we touch on next. Um, anyway, thanks, thanks so much. Thanks so much, Cam. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you are working on a similar survey for students. Yes, uh, we got the data for the UMFA survey, and um, so we got a similar. Uh, we got the results of the UMFA data uh, from the one of the people involved in UMFA, and our editor in chief got in touch with me saying, you know, we hear a lot of anecdotes about how students are feeling about various things and all that, but there's not a lot of like actual scientific data at, or like ways for students to express it that aren't just like writing a email to Amsu, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we are trying to, like we're gonna have a survey that goes out to students where they can talk about the how they feel about various aspects of student life, um, how it's changed if they're if they're like a second year beyond students, like how it's changed since they're first year, um, and also like just giving them a, a space to say like here's how my life has changed, here's how I feel about it. Um, and if, is there anything that they want to tell us about their specific experience? Because at the heart of it all, you know, we are a student newspaper. It's kind of our job to like be spokespeople for the students as well as reporting on things that students find interesting. So this, in my mind, is a great way to do that while also having like hands-on data that you know people can later go through and point at and be like here's proof of what we're talking mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. that makes sense i like what you said about being a student newspaper means that we're also supposed to be spokespeople for the students can you can you expand on that a little bit yeah absolutely and i mean i've been working at uh, the manitoban for uh, i think this is my fifth year now so mm -hmm. i've been around for Multiple strikes, many um state elections, a lot of campus crises and all that. And for me, I think just as someone who's been around for so long, it's just that it it can be really hard even in a normal year to feel connected to what's going on around mm -hmm. campus for students. Particularly if you're not from Winnipeg, you essentially have to come in and try and make friends and then hear about what they're doing around campus. And Manitoban is a really great way of helping people hear about things that they wouldn't necessarily hear about by word of mouth. And we do a really good job in all of our various sections um, and our audio and video sections as well of being like, you know, here's, what, here's what's going on around the campus and the city. So by then having, this, letting the students have their say in this year, which has already been so hard for a lot of people to connect just because it's all virtual and remote from a distance. Like this is a way that students can be like, hey, here's my particular 
feelings about this, and it can be the best way maybe for like other people to hear, hey, the other people at the University of Manitoba are feeling the same way you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, that makes so much sense. Um, I, I wanted to touch on when you're saying to hear what's happening on campus, because Cam was just talking to us about how it's hard to really have a pulse on what's happening on campus right now because we are not on campus it's hard to 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 keep that relationship and that information coming in like what is important to students right what do they need how like what information do they not have right um how have you been finding it right now as you're going to try to do a survey in a virtual sense how have you been finding like do you, how do you plan on distributing the information and getting it back um, we are, like, I will, say, I will say that uh, I'm working with our social media editor, Colin, on that. He is going to be one of the, uh, he's probably going to take point on that in terms of um, getting it out there. But I believe our current plan is to do a Google form. And then um, it will be spread out over our various social medias, over our um, newsletter that we have. Um, there may or may not be a link to it in the PDF version. And then also, this is something that, um, bizarrely enough, I think is going to depend a lot on word of mouth because yeah. um, in some cases, I feel like students have felt a little bit more connected to other students via like Telegram chats. Mm. That because it can be easier to connect with other people in your class when you're not limited to, you know, like, what, three hours a week <laughs> in the class. But if yeah. someone's being like, oh, hey, what was the homework for Monday again? Like, you can mm -hmm. correspond to that and have more of a conversation. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's going to be a mix of us shouting about it and a mix of trying to use social networks like not just like in the terms of Facebook or whatever, but just like, hey, you know this person, they know that person, just like you mm -hmm. know, six degrees of separation and all that. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. Cool. Um, any any anything uh, else to add on that, or are we are we good to go for the for this episode? Um, I would say that this is something that the Manitoban has sort of been looking at over the course of the year already throughout various articles that we've been doing. Mm -hmm. uh, primarily, I will say in the um, news comments and my own research and tech section. So we've reported on um, student experiences, we've reported on UMSU uh, resolutions or whatever. We've had people write comment articles about um, how they feel we should move forward with things. And this is kind of our chance that we're giving to readers to have their views and have it potentially pop up in the Manitoban itself and not mm -hmm. just Manitoban staff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Makes so much sense. Cool. Thanks so much, Sari. I appreciate you coming on. Of course, absolutely.